Well, good morning, my friends, and welcome to the Heritage Hour. I'm Mark Gonzalez, your pastoral encourager for Southwest Florida here at the Royal Palm Association of Churches, and I'm so delighted to be with you once again on this Saturday morning, as we've been doing for about 28 years now. Can you believe it? And I'm just so grateful for uh, the time that you take just to sit down with me as we sit in the presence of the Lord. Let Him speak to us and uh, give us a chance to get in on what He has designed in the way of drawing us unto Himself and forming us more and more into the image of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you know, as parents, that is our task regarding our children. The Lord has given us these children for just a short period of time. We're to be stewards. We don't own these kids. They're not ours. They're his. his. So we've been talking about how to parent children in a way that honors the Lord and points them up to him. So as we continue our journey, having talked about five core heart starts in parenting, and then we talked about four key stages of parenting, and then the eight basic reasons why kids disobey. Today, we're going to talk about seven crazy, diverse heart wirings, how God has wired us so, so different on the inside. We're going to talk about parenting our kids from the inside out, not the outside in, because they are so different in the way God has created them. So, Let's just prepare to hear from the Lord and uh, go before the Lord and ask him to speak as is our custom, shall we? Well, Lord, I just love coming into your awesome and glorious presence and we get to sit at your feet and gaze in your eyes and just let you speak to us. And Lord, as we look at how you've designed each of us so uniquely, combinations of differing giftings, Lord. And as we look at these seven giftings out of Romans 12 today and uh, and get a clue of how you wired each of us, how you wired our children, how you wired our mates, our pastors, our bosses, our employees, our neighbors, all of that. Oh, may we just see that you are so creative that you've given us a very diverse world and very diverse people all around us, not to aggravate us, but to bless us. Thank you, sir. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, my friends. Well, the Bible talks about the spiritual gifts, and actually there are several types of spiritual gifts. They're the manifestation gifts that are the more supernatural types, like healing and things like that. They're the ministry gifts that are like the positions uh, in local churches, uh, that God has raised up to, to bless us. He, this is out of Ephesians 4, gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and pastor teachers and so on. But we're going to Romans chapter 12 to look at the motivational gift. What motivates us from the inside out? Um, how we tend to view life. What are the rose-colored glasses or orange or turquoise or green or yellow glasses that we look at life from? How is it that they're colored this way? Why do we look at life so differently and understand it so differently? And yet, we're supposed to try to get along with each other? Well, that's what we're going to unpack today. And probably it's going to take us a couple of times to do this. So let's uh, take a peek at Romans chapter 12. 
And I want to pick it up in verse 3, where the scripture says this. For, excuse me, for through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. Now let me stop there for a moment, because that's a great introductory verse to the reality that there are these seven different heart wirings or spiritual giftings that that uh, in combination make us the unique individual uh, that we are. But that doesn't make us better than anybody else. And that's why he's saying, hey, don't view yourself. Don't view your perspective. Don't, do, don't view your sensibilities on certain things as the way as opposed to the idiots that are around you. Let's look at that again. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. But, it goes on to say, but to think so as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. Okay, we're talking about uh, our physical bodies. He's using a metaphor here. Look, we got different members. We got ears. We got eyes. We got a nose. We got knees. We got feet. We got hands. And they're all different and all important. So he goes on. He says, For just as we have members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function, so we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another. Now, since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let me run that one by you again. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, we are so different from each other. Let each of us exercise them accordingly. And now we get the list. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, or he who exhorts or motivates um, in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads or administrates with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So there are the seven. Now, admittedly, those are terms that are kind of hard to remember, and so what I've found helpful over the years is to, to assign animal metaphors to each of these seven gifts. Now, that's not unique. I mean, the Lord uses all kinds of animal metaphors uh, throughout the scripture itself. He's the Lion of Judah. He's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the sin of the world, and so forth. And other authors have certainly used animals as metaphors in trying to relay great truths of the Lord. So, I'm not pretending to be unique at all, but it is a helpful technique to help us remember and to spot and understand these seven different heart wirings. But now here's the thing, and this is an important overarching concept. Uh, I've discovered over the years, and many will agree with this, that you know we tend to have about two major wirings, uh, the major percentage of what composes our unique personality and approach to life. There's two out of the seven that tend to dominate. Then we get sprinkles of some of the others, and some will say, I don't have any of some of those. In other words, let me just switch the metaphor temporarily. It's kind of like when you're trying to choose a color to paint your house inside or out, and you go to Home Depot or Lowe's or Sherman Williams or somewhere to buy the paint. Isn't it amazing how they, they get this base paint 
and then depending upon the color you choose and there are thousands of colors that you can look at in those little swatches and all but when you pick one there's a little code there and it's going to say put a little put a few drops of this color a few drops of that color a few this or this other color into that base paint mix it all up bam you got your shade of green whatever it is sea foam green olive green emerald green shamrock green you know whatever it is misty green can you just believe how many different shades of color there are well that's how many different shades of people they are because of those seven spiritual gifts we're going to have the two primary ones as our base paint but there'll be little droplets of all the others and it's that combination that makes us so unique so as we go through this you might try to spot yourself, uh, your mate, uh, your kids or brothers and sisters or whoever, the significant people in your family. You might try to think, you know, that, that sounds a little bit like so-and-so and so-and-so. Hey, that sounds a little bit like me. Because here's the deal. When you're relating to those people, when you discover what their dominant gifts are and you, you discern what that is, you've got to speak that language. It's kind of like if they're from... If you want to speak to somebody from China, you got to speak Chinese. Or somebody from uh, you know Russia, you got to speak Russian, and so forth. Well, depending on the dominant heart wiring of your child, of your mate, of your uh, people at work or whatever, learn to speak their language if you really want to communicate well. If you don't want to communicate well, ignore them. Force them to speak yours. Look down on them if they don't. Write them off because they seem like... Uh, they're just speaking gobbledygook and living gobbledygook, so to speak. So we're going to dispel all of that as we begin our journey at looking at these seven crazy diverse heart wirings or spiritual gifts that God has hardwired into you and your family. So here's the first one. The first one listed was prophecy. Uh, to define that, these are uh, kind of the born leaders. These are the visionaries. These are the bold people. Uh, here's, a, here's a definition. Uh, those with the gift of prophecy, they declare the black and white heart truths of God. They don't just speak. They declare. They always speak in bold face font and cap letters. You know, they're very dominant in the way that they speak and all. They take charge in a room just by default. Their presence is easily known. You can tell the strong leader when they show up. They speak in black and white terms, very little gray areas. You know, uh, you're in or you're out. You're hot or you're cold. You're on or you're off. And they try to reflect, if they're Christians, the heart truths of God, the core truth of this passage. This is basically it. And if they're preachers, then they preach this pretty much a one-dimensional or one-focused truth, and they hit it hard. Now, I use the, the uh, eagle as the metaphor for those with the gift of prophecy. You might be trying to raise some little eagles, one or two of them. Uh, uh, you might be an eagle. Your mate might be an eagle. Your pastor may or may not be an eagle. The, what do eagles do? They, they get the big picture. They're flying high. They're large, powerful uh, and predatory birds. I mean, you know, and they look mean. I mean, they look like they're always scowling when you think about an eagle and that sharp beak that rips up beef and those talons, you know, that come in. And if you've seen any YouTube stuff on how eagles attack like uh, 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 antelope or uh, uh, some of the 
running deer. What do you, I just went blank about some of the African, uh, all the different African things, zebras, for example, and all. Even tigers. There have been uh, footage of them attacking tigers. Incredibly powerful birds. So it's a great metaphor for those that have the gift of prophecy. They can be intimidating, but here's the thing. They often don't even realize they're being so intimidating. They just seem to be thinking in very decisive terms all the time, and they speak decisively. I've got some eagle in me. I can tell you there's some things I've said over the years in staff meetings that I shouldn't have said. I just made a big pronouncement of what I believe, and uh, people had counterpoints, and actually they turned me around. But you see, it was a little fearful for them because I sounded so definitive and convinced and unpenetrable. They were a little fearful to bring it up, but when they did... And I understood, I changed my view. And that's shocking to some people. But there are people out there that are eagles. And they speak very, very strongly. And one of your kids may be an eagle. In fact, I remember a time a a young couple came to us and they had a a little boy that they uh, uh, were not able to handle. They were having struggles with it. Well, those two happen to be doves, which we'll describe later. Both a husband and wife in an unusual uh, combination with similar giftings. Usually God has opposites together. They were both dove. They had the gift of mercy. So they spoke dove. But they needed to learn to speak eagle to get through to their eagle son. We'll get to that a little bit more as we go along. Here's number two. It's the gift of teaching. And I use the tiger as a metaphor. Why? Because the scripture says that there are those that are mature, love the meat of the word. They love to dig in. Uh, These are lifelong learners, very smart. They think in multi-layered ways. Uh, They, here's the definition, they explain the comprehensive biblical insights of God. They don't just declare the simple heart truths. That's what the eagle does, the prophet. But those with the gift of teaching, they explain. There's so much to explain. It's comprehensive. And they're biblical insights, not just surface stuff, of God. You can imagine those with the gift of teaching, a tiger sitting in an audience listening to an eagle screech and simple truths. They're getting frustrated because there's so much more to this. You're making it seem just ridiculously simple, but there's way more to this. Well, you know what? The reverse is true as well. Eagles sitting in an audience listening to a teacher get frustrated. Man, you're going all over the map. You're just giving in so many concepts we can't even grab all of them and you're intertwining them in such a way with all these new... I mean, you're backing up the dump truck and dumping the whole load on us. Whoa! Make up your mind. Focus on something. And so, those with the gift of teaching can intimidate or frustrate those with the gift of prophecy. Tigers and eagles. But you see, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. This is part of God's wiring, and some are wired like eagles. Some are wired like tigers. And these are the very bright kids that ask a million questions all the time. And they're always challenging in a positive way, hopefully, uh, the things that you're saying. And you can get so frustrated with so many questions. They're the ones who'll Correct parents if they get something wrong. Correct adults. And you have to tell them, no, you don't correct adults. Why not? They're wrong. Well, there's just a time to do that, time not to do that. And those little smart kids can be very intimidating. And they don't even realize how intimidating intimidating they can be. So these first two have these strong animal metaphors in order to 
demonstrate and illustrate and warn you of the fact that those two can, man, they can run roughshod over people and not even realize it. And it's the parent's task or the boss's task or the pastor's task with those under their charge, with those gifts, to help them get a clue of how they may be running over people, may be quenching the team's spirit, may be quenching initiative and creativity because of their dominant wiring. Fortunately, though, in a team, in a family, in a church, in a school, we have dolphins. Now, what in the world are dolphins? Well, that's the gift of exhortation, those that motivate the body of Christ to apply God's truths. These are the life of the party people. These are the encouragers. Just like a dolphin, and this is why I selected it, it looks like it's always smiling and always splashing around, having a good time in the water. These folks that have this wiring, these dolphins among us are parties waiting to happen. They light up a room when they come in. They're the fudge on the hot fudge Sunday. They're the sparkle uh, in the light. They just have a way of helping everybody feel so encouraged, so positive. Uh, they're the ones who put their arm around and say, hey, come on, we can do this. I'll do it with you. Let's go. Come on. Here we go. I'm, we can do this. Don't we just need those dolphins? Now, the thing about dolphins, though, is they get kind of forgetful. They're the ones who are saying, hey, it's good to see you. Let's do lunch. I'll give you a call. And then they'll see somebody, hey, man, I haven't seen you in 100 years. Can't believe it. Hey, I'll get, let's, let's, let's do lunch. I'll give you a call. Well, they say that to 50 people. Are they going to make the call? Probably not. Does that mean they're insincere when they said it? No. It's just they say it so much and they forget that some people don't get that many invitations to lunch and they're sitting by the phone hoping for your call. Uh, you got to help them and you got to understand dolphins. Kind of like Tigger and Winnie the Pooh, you know? We're always bouncing around and having a great time, but messing up rabbits, rabbit, uh, cabbage patch and carrot patch because of his dominant enthusiasm and stuff. These are dolphins splashing around, getting things wet. But you know, we wouldn't have it any other way, would we? And by the way, are they ever going to keep a clean room? Probably not. They're too busy having fun. Very much unlike the next one, the gift of administration or the ant. The ant is those that look ahead. The scripture talks about consider the ant, O sluggard, who gathers, you know, in the harvest time, you know, for the future and all. They look ahead. They're detailed. These are the folks that organize and mobilize the body of Christ for ministry. It's the people that have pantries that are all uh, lined up and organized and, and the dishes are that way if they're ladies and all guys that have this gift their garage they have the pegboards and all their tools are in just the right place there's some people that are just very organized they love it there's some kids they keep their room very orderly you don't have to tell them to why because they're aunt but their sister or their brother might be dolphin and their room is a wreck well now you know why it's not good versus bad. It's just different. And so you have to have reasonable expectations of, uh, uh, with your kids about because of how they're hardwired. These crazy, diverse heart wirings. Now, those first three, the eagle, tiger, and dolphin, those are the extroverts. The ant, with the gift of administration, can be an extrovert and really help you know, get people organized. But sometimes they're behind the scenes people. They're more introverts and they do their administrating and organizing on the backside out of the limelight. 
and the next three are definitely out of the limelight. This is the gift of service when I use the squirrel. Service, they're people that just are joyful workers, they love projects, they love using their hands, but they like to do it more in private, behind the scenes. Performing tasks backstage for others and for God's glory. These are the people who love to cook the meals. They love to do the the um, the fix-it jobs and do the lawn work for people. You know, they just love rolling up their sleeves and digging in. Don't put them on stage. Don't ask them to speak. Don't let them be in the forefront. They don't want to be. Hence the squirrel. Busy little collecting acres scurrying around, but don't try to pet it. It'll run away. Doesn't like to be highlighted. Some are wired that way, very different than the dolphin who likes to be the center of attention. The squirrel likes to be unnoticed and do their thing in the background. Similarly, another introvert is the honeybee with the gift of giving. You see, they love distributing the tangible gifts of God to others in His name. They're generous. They're alert for opportunity. They're humble. They don't want to grandstand about their giving. They're the ones who like to you know, support a lot of people financially. They like to give gifts as needed. And, and oh, that's hence the honeybee who makes honey for us. But it's a, it's a small and it's a behind the scenes kind of a thing, just like the squirrel. But whereas the squirrel is task oriented, the honeybee likes to give things. And now we come to the seventh and final of the crazy diverse heart wirings. And that's the gift of mercy. And I use a dove to illustrate that. These are those that are sensitive. They are compassionate. They comfort and reassure others of their high value in God's eyes. They notice the folks that are discouraged in a room, whether it's a church or some fellowship or a party, and they're the wallflowers and they see them. They go to the wallflowers and they encourage them. They love to sit and listen and pray. And they're very, very tender-hearted. And when they speak, they coo. And quite the opposite of eagles who fly very high and soar in the high winds and get the big picture from up high and they swoop in every now and then, the dove is always near the surface. And it's small and it's gentle and it coos. It doesn't uh, screech. Now, when God puts opposites together in marriages, as he does most of the time, and you have an eagle or tiger man or woman, and the partner is a dove or a squirrel, they're going to be speaking different languages. They're not going to understand each other. In fact, they may even be hurting each other. The eagle says thing off the top of its you know, head and no big deal. You know, What are you doing over there? I'm, hmm, haven't you ever thought about doing it this way? And that's a nothing to them. But it can make a dove feel like an idiot because of the tone. It's a screech to them and it hurts their ears, hurts their feelings. And the eagle won't even know it. Or the tiger roaring won't even know that they've just hurt or intimidated or overwhelmed an ant, a squirrel, a honeybee, or a dove. And when these critters are speaking at the top of their squirrel voices or bee voices or dove voices or ant voices, even at the top of their lungs, they're sometimes not even heard by the splashing dolphin, the roaring lion, and the screeching eagle flying way high above the earth, and they can feel ignored, neglected, not taken seriously. So let me pause 
Let me let you take a breath. Think about all the relationships you've been in. Think about how you're wired. If you're the introverted types, have you been feeling dominated and hurt by the dominant types? If you're the dominant types, are you feeling falsely accused of being harsh and mean and neglectful and stuff? And yet you kind of are too, but not even realizing it. This is why we must become aware and conversant in these seven crazy diverse heart wirings because your kids will have them in all different combinations. We had three boys that we raised and now they all have their own families going. We have five grandchildren and we're seeing it play out in the next generation. But man, oldest son was more like me, eagle, tiger, dolphin. We spoke the same language pretty much by default. We, we got each other. My second son was more like uh, Mercy and some dolphin, which means he knew a lot of folks, but it was a deep, tender level. And I would sometimes overwhelm him and not realizing it. The dove part of him reacting to the eagle part of me. And my wife, who has dove and honeybee and squirrel, would try to clue me in, but I wouldn't believe her. It took me two years to figure out when our second son was a teenager that I was overwhelming him and didn't even realize it. Our third son had his own giftings of service and, and giving, and he didn't talk much, but he was a great thinker. He was also an aunt in many ways, too. Uh, but it was a whole different language for me to try to learn to speak as the parent. So learn to speak your children's heart-wired languages, my friends. That will help you connect with them and motivate them, and it also influences the way you discipline them. Now, we go through a lot more detail in this, in the book that my wife and I put together, Quick Reference Guide, really in a format that's easy to follow and find, has a whole chapter dedicated to these seven crazy diverse heart wirings. It's called Unpacked Parenting. It's a little handbook size, and it's got all these themes that I've been talking about in there. And uh, just go to markpg.org. That's our website, markpg.org. Click on the books tab there, and, and you'll find it easily. But uh, I really want to encourage you to take a journey in discovering the seven crazy diverse heart wirings and what you have, what your kids have, so you can communicate better. Well, Lord, thank you for being so creative and creating us in such diverse ways. And what a joy it is to discover those things, not be frustrated by them. So may we take that journey of learning to speak each other's languages and appreciating the difference that there is between us. Thank you, sir. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm Mark Gonzalez. Oh, until next time, discover those crazy, diverse heart wirings, have some fun, and clearly communicate.